three, two, one, go. Welcome back, everybody, to the Triad of the Force podcast, a podcast from three Puerto Rican friends coming together to do deep dives into Star Wars and other nerd-related media. This is season three, episode six, and today we are going to give much love to one of the favorite series near and dear to our heart, Rebels. Mm -hmm. We have talked about the series often throughout the podcast, but never actually dedicated an episode to our beautiful, beautiful family of the ghost. So we will be talking about that in overview. But we, before we get to the actual series, we would like to talk to you about a really, really good cause that we're supporting called the mm -hmm. Amidala Initiative. So Goose, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'd love to, right? Uh, we are part of the Amidala Initiative, which is an initiative that just started this week, actually, but it was prompted from some really troubling things that have been occurring in the country lately. Uh, as many know or may not know, and if you don't, you're going to find out right now, we're a particularly liberal group of people, and we advocate for rights of marginalized groups and people that aren't well represented. And as part of that, we were kind of appalled when we've seen some of the things that have been happening in the country, specifically with uh, some of the attacks that some government officials have been doing against uh, tra transsexual youths in the states, going like, you know, trying to take away their rights to affirm their gender identities and whatnot. But particularly troubling still, it's not that uh, these you know, representatives and government officials are talking about this, that they're actually enacting some of these things into action. And specifically in Texas last week, February 22nd, the governor, uh, Greg Abbott, actually did an initiative or signed some legislation. Not sure what the technical term for it is exactly, but it basically authorized uh, the federal body, the state bodies in Texas to be able to go after parents of trans youths that are helping their children go through their you know, gender affirming uh, processes, right? That they have to go through uh, in the name of you know, protecting children from child abuse, which it's ironic, right? You're saying that we're protecting the children, but what we're doing is harming them, harming families, tearing them apart. It's a pretty horrible thing for these uh, children that like in the past have no recourse. And now in a world where things have been more open and accepting, to kind of have this outward attack to them is kind of horrifying. So a lot of groups in the fandom that have been very proactive and supportive of such causes uh, have banded together. 77 of us have banded together to uh, create this Amidala initiative, which is basically <clears throat> a fundraiser. I mean, it's not the, uh, it's a little grain of salt, uh, grain, a grain of sand that from our part, to try to help this, uh, this worthy cause and do this fundraiser to help uh, come up with $25,000 to donate to Equality Texas, which is a group, group in Texas, obviously, that helps with these type of topics and with these children and families that are going through this. So it's very important. We're trying to do more. Uh, obviously, the movement just started. Right now, we only have the GoFundMe started to you know, do that specific fundraiser, but other things are gonna be happening through it as, it's, as it develops and the fandom comes together in a more cohesive way. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of art, a lot of things that the fandom will start creating to help support Equality Texas and trans youths, not just in Texas, but in the whole country. So it's very important as a, it's a, you know, a cause is very near and dear to us and our friends in the community as well. So we hope that anyone that's listening uh, supports the cause. If you're willing and able, please be able to donate. We'll be leaving a description, a uh, link down in the description below so that you can access that link and donate whatever you can. If you're willing and able, of course, if you can't donate, please help amplify this. Every little bit helps. So money's not the only way you can help. You can help spread the word across by sharing, retweeting, talking to your families, you know, reposting on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, to get the word out to help these children. Uh, so obviously you can go to the website so you can read more about it once we leave that in the description. But for now, I mean, that's uh, it. Uh, it's kind of a sad situation that uh, these children are going through that they should not be going through because they deserve the love 
and support that we can give them. But uh, yeah, that's the unfortunate reality of some corners of the country we live in. So yeah, so between this and Ukraine and everything, it's kind of a tough, tough time for the for the world. So trying to as a positive fandom come together and do our you know our little bit into it. So. Hopefully, right. hopefully that explains things <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and for any, anyone that has doubts, the American Medical Association, the American Psychiatry Association, the Pediatricians Association, they've all condemned these types of laws. And it's actually beneficial for to have gender affirming therapies and to be labeled as criminals to the parents that are doing the best for the children it's horrible. it's a horrible horrible and demeaning uh, it's you know what to all the parents out there keep 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 up strong and do what's best for your children and to everybody out there let's let's help as much as we can yeah it's a yeah it's a tough situation it's difficult because you we'd want to we'd want to do more you know but uh for now, this is the most we can do. But obviously, like I said, uh, more will come. And as we said before, we support all of these causes and we support all these families enough, uh, even more than the family, the children, because we're not really protecting children if we're denying what makes them who they are. And, you know, I don't know. It's, it's terrible to see a lot of these people impose their will on people who are just trying to be who they are. So. Mm -hmm. Please, you know, just the, 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 yeah. the irony comes from the party that claims, oh, we are all about freedom yeah. and doing what, like, we don't want government to do, to tell us, tell what, us to what to do. But then yep. it's like, you're telling everybody, you're telling women you, they can't have abortions, you're telling parents mm -hmm. and people that are different than the hetero cis normative that they can be like, what? <laughs> Yeah, it's a little uh, ridiculous. It's a lot ridiculous, actually. <laughs> but um, okay, this is a downer right now. Um, so just support the cause, more positivity out there. And I think let's just talk about Rebels because now I'm all sad. <laughs> Rebels is a good, it's a good way to like have this conversation because what better way to yeah. kind of talk about people that are going after families than with a show <laughs> that is all about family and inclusion and love and positivity and, and, and all those beautiful things that Rebels turned out to be. So it's kind of a perfect, kind of a perfect way to kind of seg into, into Rebels. Uh, but Rebels is interesting, right? Uh, because it's the sequel show that went right after Clone Wars, right after the acquisition <clears throat> of uh, Lucasfilm by Disney. So once the first trailers came out, it was a, quite a different tone in terms of like animation, in terms of like aspect ratios, scope, all of the, like it was a completely different show uh, from the first trailers that came out versus what uh, Clone Wars had been up until then. So I think a lot of fans might have been apprehensive. I know I was, the show was shifted from being premiered in Cartoon Network like Clone Wars was to go into the Disney channel, which automatically kind of makes it seem, oh, is this uh, more about kids a, yeah yes yeah, it's more like a younger or i mean it's an animated show so it's not, uh, usually aimed at children but i said like for younger children than clone wars yeah. was because clone wars tended to be especially like the further it got right along the season it, a little darker, darker for darker. like dark mm -hmm. you know for older uh teenagers right because it's still a, a young children's show so for teenagers but uh rebels definitely seem like it's skewed to like an even younger demographic so sure that some people were a little apprehensive about that, but as the seasons went by, I think that there was a lot of transformation for Rebels, and it became a show that was very unique, and it set itself apart from Clone Wars. And but before we get like into all of that, why don't we like go into what everyone thought about Rebels going into it, especially under that perspective, right? Of the not sequel to Clone Wars, but as the show directly following Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. uh, Nani, I know you only watched Clone Wars recently. Remind <laughs> remind everybody that's watching, <laughs> what was the order in which you watched things? Did you watch Clone Wars first and then Rebels? Did you watch Rebels first and then Clone Wars? And what was that experience of like that, you know, dichotomy of both shows? Yeah, 
so I was very apprehensive to watch the animated shows, period, full stop. Because the first one that came out, obviously, was Clone Wars. And that was, to me, it was more announced like there was a lot more commercials about it because there was like that theatrical view and because it was going to be the story of the continuation of like Anakin and Obi-Wan and actually doing the Clone Wars so I feel like it got way more promotion when it first came out and I just didn't like the animation style I didn't like it so I was like I don't need to watch this whatever so I just skipped it completely and then they started announcing Rebels which I don't think got as much promotion as it did and it kind of seemed like if you didn't watch Clone Wars, maybe, you know, it wasn't necessary to watch Rebels either. And I also thought it this one looks really, really kitty too. So I just completely ignored both of them. So I didn't actually start watching the Clone Wars until we did the podcast, which mm-hmm. I, I made the promise. First of all, it's Bando, who's been getting me to watch everything for years now. My brother, who's been trying to do the same. Both of you who've been trying to do it before the <laughs> podcast. And then I promised to do it once we started. And... I have to admit that I struggled at first to get into the Clone Wars because especially that first season was so disjointed that it was kind of hard to mm-hmm. really get into it. Obviously, the more you get into it, the more amazing it becomes. So by the end of it, by season four, I loved it. So as soon as I finished season four, I went into Rebels. I didn't have the problem getting into it with Rebels. In like a day, I was already through the first season entirely and half the second season. I loved Rebels right away I actually enjoyed the animation more for some reason like that it was colorful Mm. that I I thought it Mm. flowed a little bit better because I'm not really a fan of that kind of blocky more 3d animation style Clone Wars so I really enjoyed it I love that it was a full story that you don't have like Mm. three episodes cut to some other story and sometimes you're left wanting more in the arcs so this was just an entire sequence so you Mm. got really really invested in the characters I love that mostly it was characters that we didn't know. We were just introduced to them here and we fell in love immediately with them. And one of the things that we always talk about is one of the greatest things about Star Wars is found family. And I think the best Mm -hmm. example of found family really is in Rebels because you see how this family is really forged, how they keep adding new members, how they endure all these hardships. And it's incredible it's one of the first times that you see a lot more importance brought to non-human characters as well Mm -hmm. so you get a lot more diversity and growth in different kinds of characters there's more non-humans that are sensitive to the force and I don't know I thought it was really really great world building and character development and you really really become attached and then Mm -hmm. it is also very very good i think it's been the best one from other shows that have brought have been produced before and since rebels is that even though you still get amazing cameos because you know we get darth maul we get darth vader we get you know a whole slew of characters but they never take the focus away from the family of the ghosts like the Mm -hmm. family of the ghosts is always the focus on the show and when you bring in these cameo characters it's always to further the story in service yeah so there's a lot, a lot that I love about Rebels, but that's just an overview. <laughs> Mo, what about what about you? Because I, I think you saw it more or less uh, concurrently when it came out. And I think when we went to Celebration, we saw the first two episodes of, uh, what was it, season three or season four? Uh, they premiered <laughs> there in Orlando, uh, which was a, a great time to be able to see like, those episodes before the season premiere. <laughs> oh, actually, I so I haven't, I hadn't seen Rebels at all oh, interesting. before. When it showed up in uh, Celebration. Yeah, like to, to me, my intro to Rebels was looking at this awesome cosplayers. So mm-hmm. I was like, who the hell are yeah. these people? Because they look awesome. I think I, I remember asking Goose, like, hey, who are they? And you were like, oh, they're from Rebels. And then we went to the Rebels panel and we yeah. saw the first two episodes of, uh, I think it was season four. I think it, it might have been the four. last. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, I have to watch this. Like, <laughs> so, what is this? This is awesome. <laughs> this, and so, so actually, so my first celebration, I hadn't watched any like Rebels or Clone Wars. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, now I have to watch, catch up with everything that I've missed. But I think along with what Nanny said, like Rebels is probably like, I, I think probably one of my favorite stories star wars stories out there mm-hmm. uh the fact that there's no 
like there's no main character per se the whole family is the main character everybody gets developed in their own mm-hmm. certain ways we see we see characters from outside uh developing and like changing throughout the season i've i've, I've loved like you know we get like double agents we get like people transitioning from the empire to the rebel cause and vice versa we we have like a plethora of like deep and meaningful experiences that you we've missed throughout star wars either because you know it's a movie and you don't you can't show it or you had clone wars which were like what nani is saying like independent like arcs you know let's Mm -hmm. deal with one thing and that's that's it like there's no there's no continuity or repercussion and the fact that rebels took us from you know the beginning of this family all the way to like it's well i guess next step in evolution uh like they're disbanded like the, the end of the fellowship if you can mm-hmm. sort of say that that's the end of rebels uh but it, it's so beautiful the way that i think it deepens like the lore of like what the force is uh what it what, so what the force entails what like and it's so so natural so so in tune with what star wars is Mm-hmm. that i think that's what transcends and I've, i i don't know i've i've yet to meet anybody that has some hatred i'm sure there's out there somebody out there somebody has to hate it of course uh, yeah, yeah. But, course. but i think it might be the least like there's 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 just like you know people that haven't watched it and then everybody that's seen it probably is like yeah you know at least they liked it like i haven't seen anybody that hates it so yeah that's a, that's a good thing <laughs> i mean and it's yeah. such a cool perspective because it's the rebellion before it's even the rebellion it's just a group mm-hmm. of rebels and they're kind of trying to form the rebellion so they're kind of just these little grain of sand in the grand yeah. scheme mm-hmm. of things and usually we've been so focused on just like grand central of the rebellion like the main characters main actors when you know the rebellion wouldn't survive without these little like fringe operations mm-hmm. that were happening in the background and to have to see it from their perspective really makes you right. see how big the rebellion and everything really was. So I I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this is the most powerful thing about the show is how it's able to organically grow into like this. I wouldn't call it a behemoth. This is not a behemoth. A behemoth uh, implies that it's uh, unwieldy, and in rebels is anything but rebels is you know large, but in a comforting kind of way if that makes any sense uh because first season right it's it starts very very small and intimate it's all about ezra and he's alone in lothal and everything so it has a different framing right from all of the other stories that we've seen uh, i mean it's, it's not in terms when you compare it to luke skywalker's journey but mm-hmm. when you compare it to like clone wars for example or clone wars the mo you were saying that rebels doesn't have a main protagonist and the main protagonist is really the family in Clone Wars, it's kind of the same thing. There's really no main protagonist. It's the Clone Wars. The Clone Wars is the main protagonist mm-hmm. of the show and everyone's react and interactions with that war and what happens to them while they're in it. But the war is the driver. Afterwards, Dave Filoni made Ahsoka the protagonist of the show, but <laughs> that's a separate conversation. But in Rebels, exactly. It's like, it's not the action that's driving the, the show or the characters. It's the characters that are driving like all the, the the story beats of everything that's happening from Ezra wanting to, you know, the Luke Skywalker character who wants to do something larger than himself and find his parents at the Kanan who's afraid of his legacy and who's afraid to be more than just a space cowboy when he could be a space cowboy Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hera going insane, being a mom to like all these crazy kids while also trying to be a general. Sabine. And a badass at the fighting. same time. And a badass <laughs> at the same time. Sabine fighting against the legacy of Mandalore and the guilt of her actions with the Empire. Zeb being the last of his kind. It's like all these very deep character-driven moments that propel the story forward and make it grow in a way that's just just beautiful and endearing. And I have to admit that when I came into the show, I I was not, I wouldn't say I was against it. I'm always open to Star Wars. Uh, 
I was going to sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to enjoy it because more Star Wars is always good, even if it's not your cup of tea uh, or not my cup of tea. It's If you guys that want to hate Star Wars want to hate Star Wars, that's on you. I want to at least try to enjoy it. But when I started watching Rebels, like it, you know, the scope of it seemed like more uh, like a smaller world compared to Clone Wars, which obviously it's a, you know, it's it's a it's a decision that they made so that it seemed you know like a barren world because of the of the oppression of the Empire. But for me, it just didn't like jive with what I was expecting. I didn't like the spaghetti animation of the characters. They were like too like I wasn't a fan of it. it just seemed too cartoonish, if that makes sense. Even though Clone Wars still a cartoon as well, but that felt a little more. I don't know. There was more grittiness, I feel, to the Clone Wars and Rebels had. A little too polished and too colorful. But I kind of had a Last Jedi moment where in The Last Jedi, <laughs> I also didn't, wasn't jiving with it. Like, the more I got into the lore and started understanding everything, and everything started, like, unraveling, it's like, oh, there's really a lot here to to enjoy. And as you said, you, I, I, I had, like, that moment that you had, Nani, with Clone Wars, where I just let the animation... <laughs> Like forget the animation. Yeah. Look just at focus the on the story. Yeah. Yeah. And the moment that happened, like the beautiful world of rebels just blossomed. There's so and, many good stories. And that's the point. It just yeah. kept blossoming, right? Like it just mm-hmm. kept growing and growing on top of it. You know, on it, everything is built on top of everything. So for me, it was like a, a beautiful, beautiful experience of just growing with the ghost family, but then seeing like how their journeys just naturally, like you said, naturally and organically took them to see like these legacy characters and cameos yeah. that didn't feel forced like in season two of the Mandalorian it just <laughs> feels like they were part of the story exactly it mm-hmm. like from Lando to Leia uh, to Pap- Papa Palpatine at the end which I thought was amazing and we'll get to that in a future episode uh, but it was beautiful I loved it it's great I do have to do a rewatch especially now that we're approaching Rebels Remembered which is March 5th by the way guys don't forget to use the hashtag Rebels Remembered uh, but yeah, I mean, Rebels is, is wonderful. It made me even buy the art of Star Wars Rebels because it's something to really, really appreciate because there's a lot there that's uh, not just beautiful in terms of like lore development and like growing what the force is, but also just what's a family? Like, how do we get along? How do we deal with each other? And the next step, I think, is having even more diversity. I hear a lot of people always on the internet saying, it's never going to be enough how much diversity there is. And you know what? I agree. It's not going to be enough yeah. because we can always do better. We can always strive to do better representation. More is always and, better. Mm-hmm. And more is always better. So yes, it'll never be enough. More representation and more diversity is always a good thing. And we'll, I, I don't want to have enough of it. I want more. So yeah, suck it. And Rebels rocks. Eh. Rebels does rock. It's like... But I... I, I... You know, I think I, I love the whole pacing of it because, you know, like you said, Goose, like it starts with seeing the effects of the empire on a local, you know, planet that we've never heard. I mean, I don't, let, let, me, let me rephrase it. I've, I've never heard before <laughs> yeah. because, because I'm sure... Someone's gonna say like, "Oh, I." It was like someone in some book out there or some comic we saw local yeah. before. It's like, okay, fine. I've never heard of it, and I'm sure most fans <laughs> haven't exactly. heard of it. Yeah. And, but to see like the transition of like you know the local government changing over to the empire, and like I I, I love like those little things of like you know, make the, the, the changes, like, you will see, like, the, the like, the Palpatine on the background, like, yeah. just looming, and, like, now it, it feels like a dictatorship, and, like, an empire mm-hmm. will feel like, and you see, like, some people are okay with it, you know, it, you know, they're, they're still doing their own business, to most people, you know, they, they live as long as somebody they'll not they're not killing them like they'll just keep living in right right but but then you see like the rise of the the, the rebellion you see like uh but but then there's also the moral ambiguity because on the rebellion side i think like it was like wasn't like the governor also like oh some of some some people didn't love the government it was like mm-hmm. they were against them like 
but like how you set aside your differences to deal with a larger threat mm -hmm. to that diversity, to that democracy, because to that way of life that the empire was trying to impose, which was none. It was just like mm -hmm. the <clears throat> monolith, like everybody lives this way and this, your, your life is dictated. So we, we've seen that transition, like how it affects like the locals. I, that, I think that's what, that's what the world building is like really neat in this sense. Like we're seeing like why, why when any hope comes, you know, the empire is so bad. You, you see, you're seeing the roots of this coming in, so. Yeah, and yeah, you can tell a... that at first it's really subtle because like you were yeah. saying, it's the end of the war. So there's, there's peace, so we're fine with it. And then they start like bringing in the change in currency and making yeah. people register themselves. And you can see just these little things that people would just take for granted as they mm -hmm. fully acquire power in all these different systems to the point that it becomes oppressive without people really realizing that it was happening. So it was really subtle and really well done, I think. So it, and seeing it through that perspective of focusing mainly on the one planet Lothal and then going in to other places as they become more a part of the rebellion, but then mm. ending it, it all coming full circle and ending again on Lothal. So you don't never, you don't ever lose the continuity of the story and you see its progression and how important it becomes because it's Ezra's home world. So even though it's right, just right. one cog in the wheel, that is the empire. So, and it's nice that the focus wasn't Tatooine, you know, yeah. so, I know. that's always nice. <laughs> yes. And then we're going back May 25th. It's always going Tatooine. Back to Tatooine. <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny. It's funny. Uh, I mean, we're going to talk about Rel, but now that you said that, I have to say it's funny. Uh, episode seven is just like, why does everyone always want to go back to Jakku? And he's like, no, why does everyone want to go back to Tatooine? That's, that's, yeah. the, that's the question. But anyway, whatever. We say that in just. That, that is the question. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, you know, I totally agree. And especially one of the things that I really like about that is like it's a twofold type of thing. It's like how it masterfully, right? bridges no pun intended with Ezra Bridger uh, <laughs> the transition of like that Clone Wars aesthetic from the Clone Wars and Attack of the Clones and like the prequel films to the Imperial aesthetic of <clears throat> the original trilogy and like and I, I, it's really cool like how they inhabit like both worlds at the same time because we really are in that in-between space between like mm -hmm. the peace provided from you know, by the Imperial yeah. Uh, machine uh, post Clone Wars and then like that Imperial regime of the original trilogy and kind of see like all those little pieces of going back to Geonosis and then Cesar Guerrera and you know the post Clone Wars but great. in Geonosis after mm -hmm. the war and then obviously see Captain Rex in like the in the in the in the all-terrain vehicle that they used to uh, use in the Clone Wars and they're fantastic they put on a couple they put on a couple pounds so the Clone Wars are the Clone Trooper armor doesn't fit them anymore, but to kind of see like <laughs> we still love them and so it's yeah. still kick ass. So that's all that matters. But to kind of see like those two worlds kind of coexisting, it's, it's such a beautiful thing that I don't think Star Wars had given us yet because each world kind of lived independently, right? It was like the original trilogy for everyone that loved the original trilogy, because at that point everyone still hated the prequel trilogy. Then the prequel babies that love the prequel trilogy only lived in the prequel trilogy stuff. So Rebels kind of like brought both of those things to get. It was like a beautiful handshake between two beautiful. old friends that uh, needed to meet each other, uh, which finally happened in live action, I think, right? With the episode of the Mandalorian when he gets the, when Mando gets the Naboo Starfighter. That's also one of those moments he's like, okay, original trilogy <laughs> and prequels. We can coexist. We can coexist. <laughs> We, 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 we love we, we love you now <laughs> yes we it's all family it's all family so beggars canyon run so many good turn. soundtracks fantastic oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah uh, but one thing i will always be thankful for oh, for rebels is that it brought back you know my my boy in blue, boy blue. grand admiral thron was uh, brought back into canon so i always have to be thankful for that show just for that fact alone that you know grand admiral thron was resurrected from the expanded universe and 
thrust back upon us and to the cannon and brought back in like beautiful, masterful way. Because I was kind of like uh, worried. I'm like, wait, but Admiral Thrawn is like a post-original trilogy villain. Like, I want to see him in that capacity. Like, how is he really going to work here? Uh, but every time I doubt something that Lucasfilm and Dave Filoni are doing, I just have to shut up and just, yeah, just let it let it happen and you'll see and you'll like it. And it, effectively, like, I, Thrawn, was, Thrawn was perfect villain uh, for the show and left his ending perfectly ambiguous for yeah. all the things that are coming up now with Ahsoka and the Mandalorian. Uh, so I, I always got a good for my for my boy in blue. Every time, every time, like a show, uh, puts a, puts him in there, and like, the show is a ten out of ten for me. How did you guys um, feel about Grand Admiral Thrawn? Because I, I haven't are, read. How familiar were you guys uh, with the character? I haven't read any of the books, honestly. I've really been meaning to, but just from you, who's kind of commenting ad nauseum about Thrawn and how much you love Thrawn, this character. I kind of had, you know, a general idea <laughs> of what this character is supposed to be. So I can't really compare, uh, you know, people's perspectives that have actually read the books and even the mm -hmm. original ones before that. But I thought he was a joy to watch on the show. It's so cool to see a character who is just like super calm, super mildly spoken. There's mm -hmm. nothing outwardly threatening about him except his ruthlessness and intelligence but ruthlessness mm -hmm. not to be cruel just calculating reasonable just every mm -hmm. sentence he uttered no word was in excess yep. <laughs> it was so fun to just watch him be ahead of everybody and every time somebody says it's like yeah we tricked you i was counting on like 10 different versions of this you didn't get me it was it's so good to try to watch him being outsmarted and never is basically uh it was really he's been one of my favorite villains to see mm -hmm. and especially because you kind of agree with him a lot of times mm -hmm. like you can understand the reason why he's acting this way it's not necessarily because he's okay with oppression or whatever he's just trying to save his own people so there's yeah. something very empathetic about him even though he's supposed to be a villain because you know you're the hero of your own story so if we right, see it from right, his perspective right. he's doing what he thinks is right for his people and he's mm -hmm. never outwardly cruel or anything so i thought he was a really really interesting character i mean i don't it's interesting that you say that though because thron doesn't <laughs> yeah. see himself as a hero either he's just yeah. he just sees himself as someone that just does what needs to be done to mm -hmm. do the necessary thing so if that makes him a villain then he will accept that role but it's because he thinks he's doing what is right. And I think that's the interesting thing about Thrawn, especially moving forward to the live action mm -hmm. Thrawn, is if we're going to keep, because obviously in the show, you kind of need, it's a children's show, quote unquote. Uh, yeah. So you kind of need to have that distinction. Good guys, bad guys. Uh, yeah. But uh, I mean, obviously Rebels had a lot of shades of gray, but yeah. you kind of have to have that distinction so you know who you're fighting against. Uh, but in terms of like how Thrawn is characterized that way, and especially how you were describing Nani and with the books, I would let, really love to see like what, how he's developed in live action. Cause I don't think that they're going to go full villain. And obviously I don't want to make this a Thrawn show. We'll have a Thrawn show eventually, but we can't, you know, we can't talk about Rose without Thrawn, uh, but see him become like either an anti-villain or an, or a hero or some in a pot more positive light once Ahsoka comes yeah. by. I mean, as long as they don't over-exaggerate the character, because I think one of the best things about him is that he's all about efficiency, mm -hmm. doing things in the best possible way with the least possible amount of steps so that you can just kill it. So mm -hmm. as long as they keep that and not try to make it, because I feel like sometimes when they do live action, because you have all these special effects and all these things, they kind of tend to exaggerate the characters and try mm -hmm. to make them more mm -hmm. bombastic just so they're more, I don't know, visually enjoyable or or better to talk about because people are more like a, get more attached to them if like there's more things blowing up behind them I guess it's a good term mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but these subtle characters mm -hmm. I feel like are better if you just keep them that way they shine more mm -hmm. in their subtleness and I really hope that they kind of stick to that because so far as I've said I have said at nauseum I haven't been impressed so far with the live action interpretation of Ahsoka Mm -hmm. so I hope that 
in her own show, there's, it's going to be a little bit different and w whatever characters we get in her show are going to be treated with the respect that they deserve and with, mm -hmm. with the background that we've come to expect and, and their history and kind of the state of mind that they were in these shows, mm -hmm. because we saw a lot of character growth. And I feel like in some of the animated stuff we've seen so far, we've kind of seen these characters go backwards in their mm -hmm. growth. So I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see. I mean, Mo, we're going to watch them anyway. How did, but... yeah. mm -hmm. how did you feel, Mo, about uh, Thrawn? But now that Nanny mentioned it, how, after you saw Thrawn, how did you feel about Ahsoka and like how she was characterized in this post-Clone Wars world? So double question. Let's start with Thrawn. Double whammy. Uh, I'm always a sucker for good, like, written out villains. Uh, I think a story, especially if you have an antagonist, your story is going to be as good as that antagonist. If, if, mm. if the antagonist is not well written, it's not going to work. And I, I just as like many said, like, like that extremely like calculating then like calmness that comes from like Ron all the like just it, it, it almost like to him it's a game he's just playing this right. game of like you know we're born within this certain circumstances so I'm, I'm gonna play my game and this this the game I'm playing and I'm gonna be the best at it He's uh, playing chess but, on like three different levels. Exactly. Right. He's like fourth dimensional chess. Fourth dimensional chess. <laughs> Everyone's playing checkers and he's just like, you know, he's playing checks in Interstellar inside the Tesseract. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but to, which, to speaking me... Speaking of which, the world between worlds is the Tesseract from Interstellar. No one can change my mind, but we'll talk about that in another episode. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> it's like to be, to, to be continued, that the conversation... Yeah. Uh, stay tuned <laughs> stay tuned uh but i said like i was uh, going back to it like to me the the scene that i remember most like is the part where i think it's it's when he's like talking with hera up with about the trinket the family trinket the california oh, yeah. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and you know you see all around his office and like his all the different like trinkets and artifacts from different like cultures, different planets. And like his explanation of like, well, I'm, I'm interested in learning about them. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's all about learning about your enemy and knowing them. It's like very, I'm sure, I'm sure they were, there's like a lot of inspiration from like uh, the art of war. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's, it's almost like a, because you're seeing that interpretation of like you know Sun Tzu idea of like the best like like how a good leader should work and like apply it into Star Wars and I think that's what Thrawn is ultimately like you know at the end of the day Thrawn will take the the decisions that are most efficient like you were saying Nani but that on his worldview you know are, are what's right. And mm -hmm. damn everything else, like <laughs> and it's 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 a respectable uh, villain and antagonist. No, not, not even a villain, you know, just an antagonist to the series. Uh, and then the portrayal of like Ahsoka, you know, we see Ahsoka like I think we we see like almost like two stages of Ahsoka, and mm -hmm. I think it's defined by you know, before Ahsoka's encounter with Darth Vader or Anakin and after that encounter, uh, mm -hmm. I think the, the the Ahsoka we see, it's at first it's the very like, you know what, I, I'm applying everything I learned from my days at the Jedi Academy and Jedi Order. I'm a badass. I can right. take care of myself. Uh, if I if I need to help somebody, I'll be there. But but there 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 seems to be an Ahsoka that's like looking for meaning. Mm -hmm. I think you know once Ahsoka left the order, like we see we see a little bit of that as like that transition now when 
uh, season seven of Clone Wars came mm-hmm. that we see like, you know, the Ahsoka that's like, okay, what I'm going to do now? Mm-hmm. Well, so we see like that. It's like, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, we see Ahsoka the Grey. We see like, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like getting into like, okay, what, what do I have to take off and what do I keep? And going through those steps. And then the Ahsoka we see at the end, the one that's, you know, faced, you know, probably the one person, you know, that she can only claim to be family or like, mm. well, I, I don't even remember how old they, she, Ahsoka was when they got, got kidnapped by the Jedi Order, but I'm sure it wasn't that old. So uh, baby, she was a baby. Baby. So, and, and, and she means Anakin fairly young. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to see like uh, how like to see like the realization because I think she knew before that Anakin was Darth Vader but in her heart she couldn't accept it right mm-hmm. but it's 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 the realization that you know the one you once called like your North Star all of a sudden fell like and it's heartbreaking like to her and like i'm sure it's a turning point and that's that's when you know after that and she go through the the world between worlds and probably gets enlightened and comes back as a soak of the white all like with the staff and like glorious outfit yeah. so i i I hope we see that that's so yeah back. i wish we could have seen that in her live action version you know white staff well i think i think that the the live action ahsoka you've seen so far is before before this happens from the end of rebels that's why she's still in gray that's why she still has the lightsabers because my theory Mm -hmm. going now is that Mm -hmm. once she becomes ahsoka the white she will let go of the lightsabers and her weapon is her staff and she doesn't have lightsabers anymore that's just a theory that's just a theory and it's not about rebels or 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 we get to see a staff saber or a staff saber, like uh, like Ray should have had, but I digress. I digress. I digress. Uh, <laughs> Manny, what did you think about Ahsoka before we move into like because these are all legacy characters that we're talking about? Yeah. And we need to go back and talk about the you know the main family of uh, rebels. But before we go into them, why don't you talk about like how you felt about Ahsoka and rebels? Yeah, no, it was a transition that I really enjoyed. I mean, when I first started, I didn't know that she was going to be in the show at all because she doesn't show up till later on. And, you know, you only hear about Fulcrum. You don't really know it's her. Mm-hmm. And, and then when she finally shows up, it's like, oh, wait, that's cool. So, you know, she goes full spy mode. She tries to figure out where she fits in all this after losing her main mentor. And like mm-hmm. what Mo was saying, it's especially when these moments of recognition that she kind of starts to hear Anakin's voice and starts coming to this realization slowly, but is in complete denial about it how right. how is it possible that he starts vader there's there's no way which culminates in that confrontation that again mm-hmm. illegal cliffhanger you think ahsoka dies so there's a lot of really good characterization of her and especially because again mm-hmm. like i was saying before she never overtakes the main story and you can see her grow mm-hmm. from her interactions with our ghost right. family and how she inspires them as well because she was a full-fledged jedi i mean Kanan was only a Padawan when Order 66 happened, so he didn't get to get his full training either, and he was kind of in denial of that side of himself. Ezra obviously doesn't know that he has any Jedi powers until he joins the Ghost, so to actually be able to interact with somebody that had been... She was still a Padawan, but she'd gotten most of her training, and she'd gotten her training by one of the strongest Jedi that had ever existed... And to have been disillusioned by the order when they turned their mm-hmm. back on her and then her thinking that she lost her master and everybody. So it's it's a very weird perspective to get from, you know, interacting with Ahsoka and her interacting with them. So mm-hmm. I thought it was really well done. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, and again, illegal cliffhanger. We get Ahsoka the White at the end. It's like, we have to get Ezra and bye. <laughs> we don't know. So hopefully we'll get more of that because I really fell in love with the character of Ezra. I really love Sabine as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Kanan, obviously, but we lost Kanan forever. Um, <laughs> no one's ever really gone. Yeah. Hera was fantastic. I actually, I think, Goose, you hate Chopper, but I love Chopper. I Chopper, hate I Chopper love with Chopper. a passion. Chopper's like my an least asshole, and he's great. Yeah. I I yeah. absolutely hate. He's like my least. I love Chopper. I mean, okay, I don't hate. I don't. I don't hate. Mm -hmm. I hate. You know, I hate racists. I hate uh, misogynists. Uh, I don't hate Chopper. Uh, <laughs> I just strongly dislike him as a droid oh. character in uh -huh. Star Wars. Why? He's safe in my in my hate meter, I guess. But do you love Chopper too, Mo? Yeah. Yeah, Chopper's yeah. great. Like I have all the black series of all the ghosts except Chopper. I mean, like, oh nope, no, he's not part of my collection. You, you, you're gonna regret that in 50 years when you try to sell the collection, and you're you'll be like, oh, you you nope, you don't get I'll the be full proud. price be like, because nope. you don't have, you don't have Chopper. Exactly, I'll lose that money gladly. <laughs> well, there's something really cool about Chopper because Chopper clearly has PTSD. He murders so... people left and right, so I respect that. <laughs> no, he has a high body count. He has a high body. <laughs> And 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 then, but it's it's a very old droid, you know. Like yeah. there's like yeah. a what was it like a first generation? That's been through a lot. It's yeah. been through a lot. Yeah, okay. like, I'm surprised we haven't seen like his type of droid in the like, High Republic. Like, that would be like a cool thing. Like he's that old. He's from the High Republic. So yeah. True, but like like we we get the old cranky version of a robot. Yeah. I, Yep. It's it's like the grandpa, the cranky grandpa. Yeah. On the, it's like I'm all over. I'm done with your crap. I'm just. I'm done with your crap. Like, yep. Like I know. I, just, I don't like you. I'm gonna punch you. Like hitting people with a cane. Get off of my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You damn yes. kids and your Nintendo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what Chopper is. You know, you gotta love love Chopper. <laughs> So, so with that, I mean, because I want to like flip this into like a positive note. Would that be <laughs> your favorite character, Nani Mo? Is Chopper your favorite character? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Chopper, but I don't. Chopper's Chopper, not Chopper my... has Chopper has the honorable mention. Honorable mm -hmm. mention. Okay, so so he's on the bottom of everyone's list. Is what we're saying. No, no, oh, not really. On the bottom, it's like so, so. So you're saying you like you dislike Seb? More no. Than Chopper? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying I'm saying Chopper is like of the ghost know. crew. I mean, of the ghost oh, crew, yeah. not the whole mm -hmm. character. It's, not, it's, not like, the Star it's Wars like character. it's like Chopper is unclassified. You know, you can't you can't rank. Chopper. He's in a class all of himself. Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. <laughs> that's a cop out, but I accept. It. <laughs> I like how you guys. Hey, I, we all we all we all we all went to similar schools. I know these strategies, and you guys went to law school. I don't have to go to law school to know the evasion what, what you guys are doing. Yeah. <laughs> Objection, Your Honor. Objection. Sustain. Whatever those things mean. Uh, but okay, so let's talk about favorite characters. Who would you say is like your favorite character, your tippy top of Star Wars Rebels? Let's go, Nanny first. Um, I totally have a crush on Kanan. I just do. Why? <laughs> because he's because awesome. Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> Puerto Ricans in the house um but no I actually have a huge crush on him and then there's a lot of growth in that character especially after he goes yeah. blind and everything and, and trying to because there's this denial and acceptance of who he is through interaction with mm -hmm. interacting with his family and then this need to like be in control all the time and then trying to learn to let go of some of that control but I think my favorite character really is Sabine there's so mm -hmm. much that happens with Sabine like everything that happened with her family in Mandalore how she feels like she betrayed them everything that she did with the Empire then leaving the Empire and at the beginning you don't know any of the story she's just like this badass who loves graffiti and is super artistic mm -hmm. strong and powerful but then you really when you hear everything that happened to her in the past and then when she becomes the de facto leader because she ends up with the Darksaber and she doesn't know what to mm -hmm. do with it the whole sequence with Keenan trying to teach her how to use it and then her interaction mm -hmm. with Bo-Katan and going back to Mandalore and having to face her family and all the guilt, the fact that she was exiled. There's a lot going on with this character. So yeah. I, and I'm always, I mean, Hera's obviously a very strong female character as well, but I love all strong female characters. And the, Sabine came out of left field. I, I didn't know that this character existed until I watched Rebels and I really, really liked her. 
it's interesting when you say the like the story about Sabine because uh, I was on the Twitters as I usually am. Uh, one of our podcasting friends, the Galactic Podcast. Uh, if you don't follow them, you should. Uh, they put up a video the other day of the first scene of Rebels and one of the last scenes of Rebels, and it was mind blowing because the first scene of Rebels, if you guys remember, is basically Ezra up in his tower overlooking Lothal. And like it's all imperial, and the Star Destroyers are coming down. And one of the final scenes of Rebels is shot for shot that exact same scene, but with Sabine with the like reconstituted uh, Lothal. So it's like her with the towers like glimming now, and she's like up there in the same pose as Ezra was, like looking at Lothal. Now Lothal's beautiful and glimming in the sun instead of Star Destroyers, like you know, multiple beautiful ships coming down, but it's I, I just got shivers actually thinking about it because it's like shot for shot exactly the same and it's like so awesome and poignant in terms of both characters stories to what let them want to yeah. leave that point and want to return to that point it's just like good job Dave Filoni you do you, you're doing a good fucking job uh, I never Mo, noticed that but character? it sounds amazing <laughs> yeah absolutely Mo, who's think- your favorite character I mean, it's hard to put a pinpoint like who's a favorite. Uh, but if, if I had to pick one, I think I've, I've always been partial for uh, Hera. Uh, I, yeah. I, I love the character design. I the, the, the whole like, uh, you know. Kind of mechanics a jumpsuit. Pilot, pilot jumpsuit. <laughs> like. Uh, it's it's it, I, it's just so cool. and then the first the, one that flies the B wings. You, you, so you, you know you know what you know what you know what you know why Chopper is a, it's not a you know what Chopper is not a distinct category. Chopper is just like Harris like pet or yeah. like grandpa like oh. they, they're like a combo like that's good. It's like it's like in in the Golden Compass. Uh, he's it's like, he's yeah. her demon exactly. Yeah. He's her demon basically. Okay. Well, I, I like that. I like that. that a lot. I like that. So. Mm-hmm. So, so I'll, I'll add that as a bonus, you know, it's just like, but I, I love like her character development might not seem like as extreme as others. Uh, it's more like internal, you know, from, yeah. you know, like, oh, I'm being, you know, just because I'm the captain of or like the owner of the ship, like, does that make me the leader? Mm-hmm. And like how her evolution her whole evolution is about like embracing like the role of you know being being comfortable in her own jumpsuit and like mm-hmm. i think that's that's a story like you know you know she, she doesn't have a weird wizardy powers she doesn't have yeah. like well, although i think she might be somehow like connected like when she's flying or like piloting and i think i hope they like Star Wars goes deeper into that. Like people, like normal people, might connect into the Force when they're doing mm-hmm. like, you know, like they're doing what they're the, very they're into. Yeah. What they excel like, at, yeah. yeah. Like and I, I agree with you, Mo. I feel like all really excellent fight fighter pilots have to have some sort of connection to the Force because there's, mm. <laughs> it's so fast how they're reacting to everything that yeah. there has to be something. So mm. I really hope they would explore that at some point. Uh, and, you know, and, and how at the end, you know, she ends up being a mother and like that whole like evolution of like, you know, unfortunately Kanan gets killed and can somehow it's like a Nexus event that still hurts. Take it, taking it from they, yeah they can't and they can't yeah they can't they can't oh, reverse it good job bringing in the marvel the marvel <laughs> terms here the nexus event uh, unfortunately he is not a nexus being so he cannot uh, do anything about it good good job good job what if here we go right. what if what if i mean uh, that would be uh, that would be an interesting what if what if canon that well, I mean, we know what will happen. You, you'll create everyone would die. No, we, we don't know what will happen because then, if if someone is on the wormhole thingy, and that makes a second wormhole, does that wormhole eat the other wormhole? Right. Oh God! <laughs> Stop. <laughs> too much. Too much. Actually, that I mean, that'll be 
a conversation for when we talk about the world between worlds. Because if there is something that this conversation has definitely made me hyper aware of is before I was like, okay, we're going to need a couple of like uh, in-depth Rebels episodes to discuss some of the either story arcs or moments that happen in the show, like definitely the world between worlds. But there's so much more that everyone just keeps bringing up that just highlights the wealth and you know the, the plethora of possibilities that this show you know has gifted us with uh, but uh i mean before we start wrapping things up though I have hey, to, what, what's uh, your favorite? yeah what's yours not thrown of the members uh, of no, no, it's not it's not it's not thrown <laughs> uh, no because the problem with thrown, not, not problem that's a that's a poor choice of words but it's uh the the issue with even having thrown in the running which which he's not in the show it's because his characterization in the show is not the same as the books because yeah. they're not, you know, they're not giving him that depth that the books do because he's not the main character and he's the antagonist of the show and understandably so. So that's for me is why, the, you know, he's not my favorite character because he doesn't have that depth that I'm uh, used to now, especially with the Throne Ascendancy books, which if anyone hasn't read them, please read them. We've the only book review videos that we've had so far out are about the Thrawn Ascendancy books, so please make sure to check them out. No. They're amazing. Uh, but favorite character is interesting because it's definitely not Chopper, like we discussed already. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Seb, it's unfortunately. It's not Seb because even though I really appreciate Seb and what he he is for the show, right? Because it's like he's the only alien in the ship and his whole uh, race has been slaughtered so he's one of the last of his well, no, so Hera. So there's, well but there's a lot of twi'leks twi yeah. twi'leks around right mm -hmm. uh, so like seb is very unique in in that yeah. sense and you know he has a you know interspecies romance with uh callus and yes. i was gonna change my mind otherwise they're yeah they're an i agree item. with that completely yep especially they're, they're sexy they're... especially sexy callus with the with the you know with the hair flowing <laughs> down uh, I mean, I mean, I didn't they, make they that term. That was they definitely, they definitely made out on that ice planet. That's oh, for sure. yeah. <laughs> uh, our friends, our friends over at Pink Milk would definitely agree that uh, Sexy Callus and Seb have something yeah. going on. Yeah. Uh, but uh, interestingly enough, I do think that Ezra is like the most, the character that I like the most, yeah. even though he's the character that I disliked the most when the show started. Because I thought he was just a whiny, you know, whiny kid, clumsy, just, you know, trying. I mean, and that's kind of part of the course, right? With yeah. Star Wars male characters like Anakin, the whiny little bitch in Attack of the Clones. So Luke, Luke is kind of like a whiny little kid also yeah. like in the movies. Uh, so uh, Ben Solo, look at the whiny in Force Awakens. Uh, okay, not very, a little, very uh, whiny. A lot, uh, so, yeah. So it's 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 part of the course for 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 male Star Wars characters. But the more the show progressed, I was like, oh, okay, okay. There's a lot to this character that's really developing him further and make, yeah. giving him a lot more depth than I would have ever expected. Especially with all the trials and tribulations, right, that he has to go through. Because not only does he start from, you know, I want to break away from this place because I want to have a bigger world. It's like, no, I mean, I want to search for my parents, and my parents, you know, were taken by the empire and i need to find them because i need to rescue them because screw the empire and also my parents but then his parents are dead murdered and like his reckoning that he has mm -hmm. to like uh, uh take up with himself was like okay what do i do i mean what's next for me like how do i deal with this it's you know it's it's, it's a lot of it's it's heavy stuff especially for a show that's again geared for a younger audience to just be like hey you're your parents that you thought were, were alive, that there was hope that we can find them, and we put breadcrumbs that you're gonna find them. Nope, they're actually dead. It's uh, it, it's you know, it's 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 soul crushing for a character and for like an audience for us to see that. And like his journey is just like incredible in that sense because then he almost loses his master. He kind of almost loses his master again when his he's blinded. His master's not giving him the things that he needs to like grow as a student, and then boom. Darth Maul Darth comes Maul. in. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. the dark side angel and, you know, the angel and the devil on your shoulder trying to show you the correct path. And the path is maybe not the right one, but it's the one you need to follow right now because it's, you know, it's the thing that your soul needs and the consequences of all that. So 
I don't know, Ezra is very powerful, especially with how the story ends, because, I mean, and how it uh, culminates in this part of the story. In Rebels. Obviously mm -hmm. continues, but the one-to-one -one mirror, right, of him holding back the uh, the space, not the space wheels, but whatever the hell he's holding back when before the space wheels come and take them away the same way that Kanan was doing that to save the ghost crew. And that parallel, like the master, the apprentice becomes the master and all that stuff. It's, 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 it's amazing. Oh my God, goosebumps again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's there's amazing. There's so many he's, good things in this show. Mm -hmm. But especially, but especially with his uh, commanding of the force in a mm -hmm. more naturalistic type of sense, because so far we've always seen the force be used. I mean, in, in Clone Wars, we've seen people commune with animals, but the fact that Ezra is so in tune with nature and animals yeah. is, and is able to not use them or control them, but commune with them to be able to kind of see them as, as a, a, a part of the force, right? Just mm -hmm. like everything else is. And to learn from uh, them as well. Is, with every exactly. being that is like sensitive to the force, he learns new aspects of the force that I feel like Jedi have yeah. ignored yeah with all their indoctrination and this like opens up the galaxy to so much more yeah it's speciesist right and ezra kind of transcends that a little bit so probably ezra's vegan uh, but that's <laughs> just you know a shot in the dark super right vegan now. super vegan uh, powers he, super vegan powers because uh, you know who else can commandeer space whales that can travel through hyperspace to come and take you and my boy in blue away to who who knows what part of the galaxy so I think I, that was long-winded, but you guys asked me for it. So I think Ezra is, is, my, is, my, is, my, is, 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 is the big boy in this one. I think number two is, is Ty. Hashtag bring Jade. Ezra back. <laughs> Hashtag where's Ezra? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it would be, I think number two would be a tie between uh, Sabine and Kanan. But that's it. I mean, I think we're, we can go like for my, you know, we can go for hours and hours discussing rebels yeah. and we will just not in this episode because this episode is just a little you know it's just a little taste it's a little taste of what's to come uh once rebels remembered starts which is this march the 5th it's rebels remembered day so this is like our pre you know it's the pre-game this is the pre-game to rebels remembered because <laughs> so we can focus on gates. some of our fantastic favorite arcs favorite we can do an entire episode just about the four sensitive animals that mm -hmm. we see around the world. So just one episode on that. Maybe we should. Oh, we're going to get we crazy. We probably guys. should. Uh. <laughs> but I think we should be wrapping up, right? Any last thoughts before we're done? Well, how did you feel about the whole like uh, force connection with animals? Because I know you're very sensitive to like how sometimes animals are portrayed in Star Wars and you mostly they just kill them off and they're like a threat i know that, you know that doesn't resonate with you so how did rebels make you feel about that before we wrap up wrap up i think it's beautiful i mean it it it's it, it it's it's part of the whole tenant of like you know the force everything is in the force and to like deny all of that aspect and like like what nanny said like and you were point hinting at Goose, like every time Ezra will commune with, even though at the end of the day, you know, you don't understand how it works because Ezra, mm -hmm. I don't think any of them understood how those uh, space whales were able to use the force or how the mm -hmm. wolves were able to, the thought wolves were able to teleport or change yeah. mm -hmm. the force. But being able to recognize and respect it, I think that's that's a lot we have to learn. Mm -hmm. And and even within ourselves, like, you know, recognize and respect other human beings. You don't have to understand them. You just have to recognize and respect right. them. And you just learn from that, just being okay with like it's and I think that's that's very, very special, especially knowing that it's a, a children's show that at the end of the day. You know, that's those are the mes messages that stick around. Because mm -hmm. they're uh, and along alongside with that is the the respect that they show to uh, droids also in Rebels, mm -hmm. uh, starting with like how giving them that 
that whole empathy and emotional aspect that they're not they're just more than just scrap metal that they're mm-hmm. actually be like conscious beings and so any any show that ventures that i'm all for it so i mean that's a perfect way to kind of encapsulate you know to kind of end cap this rebels conversation with kind of i mean not to break this down again but to kind of like remind everyone about our the amidala initiative and uh, you don't have to under you know you don't have to understand someone to be able to respect them even though you should always strive to understand them and you know rebels definitely has taught us to do that respect accept and become one big family and with that i just want to remind everyone of the amidala initiative or equality for texas uh non profit that we're participating in to do a GoFundMe and raise funds so that we can protect trans youths in Texas after the, uh, basically the trans ban that the governor over there did. So just to remind everyone, links is in the description below, uh, but you know, it's all love. Trans, trans rights are human rights, trans lives matter. And you know, love is love. Love is love, always. <laughs> well, I think with that, we are done. Rebels Remembers Day is coming up. So we are doing an overview here of how much we love this show. We will eventually focus on some definitive arcs and stuff that we love about it. So Mm -hmm. stay tuned for that. Remember to check out the Amidala Initiative. We're going to leave links and everything for that too. And until next time, we are Triad of the Force. You can find us wherever podcasts can be found. Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, anywhere. Just search Triad of the Force and you will find us. So until next time, may the Force be with you.